0: Yes people Welcome to another episode of Echo Chamber And we've got the UK box office top 10 For the weekend of the 17th to the 19th of January At number 10 we got Frozen 2 At number 9 Just Mercy And we uh, talked about that last week At number 8 We've got Jojo Rabbit at number seven Bombshell also covered that last week at number 6, it's Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, which is still holding on in there At number 5, Jumanji, The Next Level At number 4, we got The Gentlemen. At number 3, Little Women At number 2, Bad Boys for Life And at number one Still doing its thing It's 1917 Alright so just um, We're looking at two things this week Uh, But before we get to those um, Just a little bit of uh, information for you Okay people did you know that Monday, the twenty seventh of January, marks Holocaust Memorial Day, and the seventy fifth anniversary of the liberation of Auschwitz? I mean, I'm shocked. It's a seventy fifth anniversary. It it is crazy. It's been that long, but really, you know, when you think about it, that's still not that long ago. All of that happened, all of that went down Well On Tuesday the 28th of January To, you know, mark this Just Huge anniversary And just that, you know, momentous occasion Will be the UK premiere of Quezon's game Alright, so This tells the incredible and seldom told story of Manuel Quezon, president of the Philippines who in 1938 opened his doors to Austrian and German Jews escaping fascist European regimes and who went on to save approximately 1,300 Jewish people, which will be you know, the film's gonna be coming out on the 31st of January But, yes, you can see it at the UK premiere on the 28th Okay, so this will be happening at the Troxy Cinema The screaming is accompanied by a live orchestra And... It will also include a special performance from Shalem. The first Hasidic Jew to be signed to a major record label. So, that's, you know, pretty... Hey, that's a pretty impressive, your own know, premiere, right? Um, The doors open at 6.30 and um, there will be details in the episode information, um, on, you know, with the links and everything like that, okay, so, the ticket prices are, VIP is £88, silver is £55, and bronze is £33, okay, so, um, You know, if you want to be there, then, uh, you know, because, yes, we've, as I said, look, it's a live orchestra. You've got Shalom Lemur and Rachel Alejandro. You know, so this is pretty big. And, you know, you'll be able to find out about just this incredible story that no one really knows. You know, that's the crazy thing. People don't really know about this. Which is insane. You know, it's crazy that this isn't just a well-known story. You know I mean? So, um, yes, uh, go to the episode and you will find all the relevant information there. Well, if you are a fan of horror films, people, you won't want to miss this. That's right, the Final Girls Berlin Film Festival has now announced its 2020 program of features, shorts and events. Yes, the fifth edition of the Final Girls Berlin Film Festival will be taking place between the 6th and the 9th of February at the City Kino Wedding. So, this will continue to raise the bar by showcasing horror written, directed, and or produced by women and non-binary filmmakers. Okay, so, Ellie Liu, who is the festival co-director, is calling this year's festival addition the most expansive and international yet, presenting a wide array of films by visionary filmmakers that represent the diversity and originality that can be found in the current horror landscape. The exciting program features eight Curated short blocks And nine feature films A horror inspired Self defence workshop Kind of crazy And exciting right An exhibition A festival party With multimedia Drag performances And specialist talks On horror martyrs Made for TV horror Female monsters and Bad Mothers in Mexican Horror Cinema. <laughs> okay, so, um, Sarah Needoff, the other co-director, you know, she says, Horror is a very elast- elastic term. Okay? And, um... They're really excited to discover films that make us question and expand our conceptions of what horror can be, both in ways that are distant from and uncannily near our own realities. So, um, yeah, sounds good, right? People, it sounds good. So, you can, um, find you know. All the information, the links and the trailer link All in this episode's, um, you know, details So, go to that, check out, you know, all the links to the website And find out, you know, what you might want to go see Between the 7th and 9th of February and, uh, you know, in Berlin Alright, cool <music> Okay people, now we've got that all done Let's get to the reviews So we're going to start off with um, the personal history of David Copperfield Because that's out this week So we're going to go back to our uh, London Film Festival review And we will also be looking at Anne Frank Parallel Stories The new documentary that will be coming out on Monday the 27th of January So uh, yeah, sit tight people Let's go Okay, so um, I've just seen The new film by Amando Inanucci, uh, Which was The Personal History of David Copperfield so, yes, it's directed by Amando Imanucci. He also produced it with Kevin Loda. Um, The screenplay is by Inamucci and Simon Blackwell. Um, of course, it's based on the Charles Dickens book, David Copperfield. And it is starring uh, Dev Patel. He's playing... Um, David Copperfield And um, uh, Jarig Varasani Is playing a younger David Copperfield Tilda Swinton is Betsy Trotwood Hugh Laurie is Mr. Dick Peter Capaldi Is Mr. Maccabee Um, Ben Whishaw Is Uriah Heep Paul Whitehouse Mr. Peggotty. Um, Anorin Bernard is James Steerforth. Daisy May Cooper is Peggotty. Moorfield Clark is Dora Spenlow. Benedict Wong is Mr. Wickfield. Geraldine Christie is Jane Murdstone. Anthony Welsh is Ham Peggotty. Rosaline Elysia is Agnes Wigfield. Amy Kelly is Emily. Um, Nikki Amuka Bird is Miss Steerforth. Then we've got. Um, Boré Gallagher as Mrs. Mikawaba. Um Matthew Cotley is Mr. Spenlow. It is a very good cast. You know, it, it's, a, it's a really good cast, and the film just is this. So, adapting one of Charles Dickens' most beloved characters, Inamuchi, and regular co-writer Stephen Simon Blackwell create a Victorian set epic that, never nevertheless, feels very modern fresh and quite frankly hilarious following Copperfield from early youth through to middle age the story traces his social awakening charting huge personal ups and downs as he witnesses the best and worst of humanity Dickens favorite child amongst his works the plot also tackles social injustice in many forms a lack of protection for children Poor industrial conditions for the working class And wealth inequality So who better to tackle this tale than Inamuchi The genius behind the thick of it In the loop, the veep and the death of Stalin His work has peeled back the hypocrisy Of the ruling and political class With such unfairness lettered enthusiasm and biting comic acuity. Beyond a superb script, Inamuchi's choice of lead is inspired. Having revealed his ability to convey a bottomless wealth of emotion in Lion, Deb Patel shows his lightning sharp comic timing as Copperfield. As well as a wicked gift of m- mimicry, his abetted By a stunning cast, embarrassingly full of riches, with meaty comic roles for Tilda Swinton as Betsy Trotwood, Hugh Laurie as Mr. Dick, Peter Capaldi as the impossibly sunny Mr. Mikawaba and Ben Wilshaw as the gloriously creepy Uriah Heep, humorous, busy, Bustling and bursting with color and energy, this is a Dickens reworking, unlike any you've seen on the screen. And um, I would say this is a, a very fun film. Yo, know, it, it, it's it's got this um, it's got this kind of vibe running through it. You know, th- th- this kind of happy, vibrant air. Uh, which which is, is nice. Um, now, we start the film, like it, it's set up in an interesting way. So we have Copperfield giving a talk, you know, giving a reading in an auditorium. And then we jump into, like, his birth. So we have him being born, which is interesting. And the film uses these nice little tricks of, um, like, these kind of flashback kind of um, visions when Copperfield is writing. Which is just a nice little touch. It kind of adds... Something because you know, as he's writing, he's he's kind of having these recollections. So seeing these different image images and and such really really work. Uh, <clears throat> pardon me, people. Um. So yeah, no, it it's a really interesting film with a lot of topics that kind of fit in with today. You know um that so it works in in that regard like and with the playful nature and the way it kind of uses tone to convey like maybe the same scene the same place but give it that happy or foreboding vibe so it, you know it does a really good job with this kind of stuff the acting is exceptional. You know, I, I, I think Tilda Swinton, Hugh Laurie, Peter Capaldi they are all phenomenal. You know, they, they all do a really good job. But then we have people like um Benedict Wand, who is great. Rosalind Elizer, um Morfield Clark, like Daisy May Cooper, Ben Wishaw—all incredible performances. They—they they really are. I, I think they're just, they just—they help bring this story to life, which is ex- extremely refreshing. You know, I would say though. <clears throat> There are points when, like, Capaldi's character is a little over the top. And where this film is humorous, there are definitely times when the humor does seem a bit too shoehorned, a bit too forced. It's not always uh, like a natural flow which is you know it is a bit of a shame at times you know because it, it does kind of interfere it's like a laugh track you know what i mean how that can kind of just frustrate you so i think when humor is forced into something you can be like ah just just be natural just let it go don't like don't do this like there's a scene with um You know, Copperfield keep on banging his head, and it's just like, look, we we understand, we get it, but you there's there's no need to do this constantly, because what was, firstly amusing, it's now just getting a bit much. So there's that, and I I do feel that Deb Patel, although like he's not terrible. But he is a little one note when you compare him to everyone else in this. You know, we have some fantastic performances, but he just seems to be, uh, uh, you know, just one pace, which is like, I mean, it the, like the film does work and i like he doesn't spoil the film it's nothing like that don't get me wrong but it's just when you have so many amazing performances it is just a bit of a shame you know uh like the film it i don't know it, it it's a bit like it does run well you know it is enjoyable but I would say... So, it's 120 minutes. So, two hours. But I think you do notice the length. Which is funny. Because two hours isn't really that long in today's... You know, in today's environment. when w- With films and such. But you do kind of think... Mm, does drag a, a little bit now, I wouldn't say loads But there is a, a point Where you do check the time I would say um, But You know apart from those Things I would say that, Yeah this isn't a bad film It's not a bad film At all um, <clears throat> And I think um, Yeah I, th- I think Fans of Shakespeare, fans of um, David Copperfield as a book, I think they will enjoy this. You know, there, there's it, it's pretty true to the core material. There are a few little changes, a few little additions. Um, you know, obviously, this is a multicultural cast, which is, yeah. Definitely different from the book, right? Um I, yeah, you know, I'm all for diversity, obviously, and all for that. Like, yeah, it, you know, it's interesting, it doesn't I wouldn't say it it takes away from the story or anything like that. It's just, it's just a different it's a different look, you know what I mean? So it's it's just a different feel. And we've had so many different adaptations. Yeah. yeah, We can roll this dice. Because if you don't like this one. There's all the other versions that you can check out. But. If you do want to see this. You can people. Because. It is showing tomorrow. Thursday the 3rd of October. At 20 past 2. At the Embankment Garden Cinema. That is just by Embankment Tube and Charing Cross Station. It's also showing on Saturday, the fifth of October at twelve thirty at the Empire Haymarket. So, um, yeah, there you go. You can get your fill of Dickens and, um, yeah, Imando Inamuchi. On this retelling of um, David Copperfield. So um, check it out if uh, this sounds like it is a film for you. Okay people, so uh, Monday the 27th of January is Holocaust Memorial Day. And to mark this, to commemorate this, just, you know, it's a, it's a crazy kind of situation, you know what I mean, it's just like this thing happened, that's just, you know, it's just mortifying, it's crazy, and we've had so, you know what I mean, like, we've had other things that happened after this that are just as horrendous and you just think ah like have people learn from this you know but um yeah to commemorate this day uh anne frank parallel stories will be uh, screening in, like, over 140 cinemas across the UK and Ireland. Now, um, this documentary is a powerful retelling of Anne Frank's life through the pages of her extraordinary diary, guided by the Academy Award-winning actress Helen Mirren. And through the lives of five women who, as young girls, were also deported to concentration camps, but survived the Holocaust. As a dedication to what would have been Anne's 90th anniversary, and in cooperation with the Anne Frank Foundation, The documentary takes audiences into Anne's room Within the secret annex of her family's hiding place Before being deported And through red extracts of her diary Interwined with the experiences of the survivors Who lived to tell their own parallel stories So yeah, that's... um, yeah, that's what this documentary is. It's directed by Sabina Fedeli and Anna Migotto. Um like Heron Millen is a uh, kind of a narrator of the piece. And uh yeah, you know, we've got um have five survivors of Uh, From the Holocaust Whose stories are also Kind of You know, they they are talking throughout And telling about their experiences And everything like that Like So a framing device of this documentary Is a, a young girl Who is Kind of travelling The journey So she's going from Auschwitz To Amsterdam So we see her stop off On the way um, On the train And you know Walking about the place Going to different uh, memorials And things like that So she starts off at Auschwitz And she's walking around And there is um, Because you know like people were buried in mass graves, but Anne and her sister have got a p- kind of a gravestone that's been put there. Uh because yeah, they don't. No one knows where they were actually buried, so it starts off with the girl walking around and she stops, looks at the gravestone, and takes a picture. She then. Um, Throughout, so she takes that picture and then throughout she's taking other pictures And what they do is they have her So, you know, we don't know what platform, but you can assume it's probably an Instagram kind of thing So she's taking a picture, posting it to Instagram With messages Now, I don't know what the messages are meant to you know, because I guess that they want them to try and be profound and heartfelt And all of that So we get things like and we would, um You know we, Would we have been friends at school? Or, or, um We're around the same age I wonder how you're feeling And, you know, I mean? like your words have changed And impacted so many people And we take freedom for granted And you didn't have You know it's just all stuff like that That isn't really It just comes off a little generic You know to be like To be honest It would have been good if they had just Avoided that Element of the piece Because it's just It's a little cool And it's a little cheesy You know like I can understand what they were trying to do. I don't think it worked. Yeah. but, um, you know, so that so we have that. Then we got Helen um, Helen Mirren and so she is in the uh, the hideout. So she's in the hideout. Uh so we see her, she's standing, and then she sits down at a desk and starts reading excerpts of the diary. I I don't know if we needed to see Helen. Like I can understand why they they put her there. You know, if you're gonna pay her all that money, then yeah, why not show her, right? But I think she could have just been a, a voice. Because what Like the It cuts back to her In the hideout But you know So she's sitting at a table It's all dark And there's a little light on And you're just like mm, Like to be honest Come on That's not the The best way to Be reading this And It doesn't Kind of invoke How she would have been Because Because you know, it's not 1943 And that's and Helen Mirren You know, so it, it might have worked better if you had a girl sitting there You know, a 13 year old girl sitting there Like right, Like, looks like she's writing And then Helen's voice Kind of, you know talking that would have worked better but yeah having it the way it is it's a bit kind of it's a bit odd but you like look you you understand because it's giving information and so this is the thing with something like this it's about the information you know it's it's about the like the history of what happened and Finding out new things, finding new ways to get you know this event across to people. Is I think majority of people know the the strokes of what happened, but there's nuances and there's other little details that you know what I mean? people probably might not necessarily know. So I think that's where um you know, that, that's where these things hold up, right, that, that, that's where, you know, they're powerful from, from that, like the other stuff, you know, because sometimes they show people going back to Auschwitz, going back to that, and that's all fine, but it, it doesn't, like, it doesn't really mean anything. And look, what what I mean with that, it's not like it. It's not impactful or anything like that, but it's it's the modern day, so people can say, "Oh, I can imagine what it's like. I can imagine." Blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yeah, but like just thinking about it, just not being there and thinking about it, you can imagine that. But the difference is like, it's. Actually seeing what it was like Because, you know, you can imagine But we still don't really comprehend Because these camps yeah, you know, they were packed So imagine these pank- packed camps Like the smell Like the smell would have been just... Horrendous And then there's, you know what, what we learn is that A lot of people died From disease You know, because, you know There was this, like, influenza And just sickness that spread through The camps, you know It was spread by, um, flies So all, like, you know The heat it, the, These packed camps Then just people just you know, they're, they're now, now, murished, now bleh, Malnourished, even um, They're diseased, they're ill So you have all of that And that's just You know what I mean? That's not great That's not great at all You know, you, you can, like, just hearing it Saying it, you can just think, ugh just just horrible, but it's still not the same, still not the same as being there, right? So, yes, having you know these five survivors, having them talk, that's always useful, that's always interesting. I it is a little disappointing though, because the way like it's subtitled you know like all, everything they're saying you know they, they don't they're not speaking english so it's all subtitled and the subtitles are just bad they're not they didn't do that part of this very well at all because you've got white writing which is just standard right so they've got this white text on the screen No background No background So, oftentimes, you've got white text on a really light background So, you know, like, hey, I can't see the subtitles But I'm imagining even people with, like, decent sight They're gonna struggle to see these subtitles And also, like, you know A big screen, so if it's showing in a cinema, it'll be on a big screen But they've chosen to use the tiniest of writing at the very bottom of the screen It's just like, look, this is your opportunity to let people hear these words Let people kind of get an insight to what is happening and you just didn't capitalize. You know, you didn't find a better way of conveying this, and and that's a shame. You know that that that's just a. Yeah, that's definitely a misstep. I kind of feel. You know, it's it's just a it's just a shame because you've got all these different stories and different things and. It, like, because, you know, one thing with, uh, like, documentaries and stuff around the war You often have people talking, and, and so they're saying things And it's just like, you know, it was, it, yeah, like, I'm glad I escaped, blah, blah, blah I don't hold any nan. you know, i I'm just learned to forgive, and blah, 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 blah But it's just like, look, let's be real I, I, You kind of feel sometimes people say it but you know, truthfully, I can't imagine these people are forgiving. You know what I mean? Because it was just a nightmare. It was a nightmare situation. So it'd be good to kind of hear you hear this, you know, understand this. But yeah, when you use subtitles, you're kind of alienating. And, also, when you do it badly, you're definitely just, you know, stopping people from gathering this information. Like, it was interesting to hear that, you no, know, no one really knew what went down until, like, the first trial in Israel. You know, the the, the first one of the... um you know nazis was on on trial in israel and that's when i think they had a hundred survivors come forward to give testimony and that was the first time that the world heard the actual you know just actual accounts of these atrocities which is just you think that's so crazy That it took That long You know what I mean Like you'd have thought it'd be instantaneously They would have like spoken to people And yeah but no It was like mm, 10 10-15 years later Which is just like god damn Ugh You know Death is yeah it's sad It's definitely a sad thing that, you know, this happened Um, But yeah, you know Without knowing what was said um, by the survivors Yeah, like, you know, I'm sure that a lot of people And especially people, yeah, younger people Who might not know as much about all of this yeah, they, they will find this useful You know, they will find it interesting But, um, yeah, I, I don't know how much New information is really relayed here Or, you know, anything like that You know, because Yeah, I don't know, like It's, we just hear from those five people Right, and yeah, we don't really see like you have other pe there have a few other people talking. There's a musician. Um, she's talking about, you know, creating music um to kind of, you know keep the story alive, and then there's I think it's a professor's talking and stuff like that, but what they're saying is it is still all a little generic it, it, you know it, it it's just what the type of things we've heard before um you know just which is fine it's fine um no like no one really mentions the fact that that you know her uh, dad otto kind of he edited the diaries but that isn't mentioned, and we still don't really know how much he edited the diaries either, because that's one thing, like, people, this um, professor person was talking, and he's just like, yeah, it's funny, like, you read it, and on one hand, it, it talks in this way, and then the tone completely changes, and it goes to this and so it's just like, oh, was that part of, Is that due to the edit? Or was that her? Like, you don't know But, like, none of this is explored None of this is talked about Which I kind of feel is a bit of a letdown It is a bit of a shame Because it doesn't take away From the diary itself You know, it doesn't take away From what the diary Has done Right, because even if It was written after the fact You know, it's still The lighthouse, it's still the beacon That has sparked conversation That has driven, you know Thought forward It's still that So it's still powerful But yeah like, you know, I guess it is what it is, but, um, okay, so this, it's, the documentary is, I, it's roughly, like, 90, 90 minutes, maybe slightly under, um, and yeah, you know, it's, as I said, look, it's okay, it's fine, um, but, yeah, definitely be aware there are a lot of subtitles. You know, there's probably over half of it is subtitled. So, yes, make sure you, yeah, be aware of that. Um, and, yeah, I I think as I said, look, I think younger people probably, um, you know, they might take more of this. But then for others, it's just... Kind of a reaffirmation of You know Things that happened maybe You know this, As I said look it, It's um, You know it's Holocaust Memorial Day So Maybe people want to go just To Remember that You know To be in environment To be able to kind of try and transport yourself back and connect with you know what happened. So yeah, it, it's it's a tool for that, I'd say. So uh you know that's um Anne Frank Parallel Stories and look it's um yeah it's gonna be playing all across all across the country uh And if you go to the website, it will kind of give you the list of all the screens that are showing it and um, how you can book tickets. So go to the, um, you know, go to the information of this episode and you will find the links there. Okay, great stuff. Okay, people, so I hope you found um, the reviews helpful. So before we bounce Here's a little uh, well, film news Um, So uh, towards the end of last year We heard that JJ Abraham's Bad Robot Signed a huge deal with Warner Brothers And so now we're seeing We're seeing the fallout of that One thing of which is The fact that um yeah, Bo- Bad Robot is now working with Warner Media on developing film and TV ideas for Justice League Dark. Now, you, you that might ring a bell because um in the last few years we've had um Gil Gilmoro del Toro Um, You know he was attached To be directing A film around this Property and then Doug Lyman was attached to it As well Um, You know it was going to Connect connect the mystical Side of um, The DC universe So John Constantine Swamp Thing, Dead Man Zatanna You know characters such as That so yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what, yeah, what comes from this You know, will they use the original idea Or is this going to be something completely new and fresh Um, also, uh, Matt, Matson Tomlin Who is the co-writer on the, um, yeah, soon to, um Be released Well when I say soon to be released uh, I think it's next year But the Matt Reeves The Batman film Well Tom Tom Tomlin has uh, Yeah he's now signed on To write a uh, Screenplay For a film based on the Capcom video game Mega Man Yeah I don't know. It seems a I don't know. It seems a, 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 a weird a weird one. You know, the video game came out in 1987 on the NES. Yo, know, and since it's had um, ele- ten sequels. You know, the eleventh game came out in 2018. So no real word on what this film will be. But yeah. They are—they're uh, working on it. <laughs> um, Channing Tatum has just—he's um, just signed on to star, produce, um, Bob the Musical at Disney Pictures. So. um... I think I've heard about this. so it's the story is basically um around a regular guy whose worst nightmare comes to life when he uh, wakes up and finds that he's trapped in a musical. Yeah. That definitely would be a nightmare Uh, No director is attached at the moment Um, But yeah, we'll see what happens with that And if it's going to be a straight to cinema Or if it will go to Disney Plus um, Yeah, we don't know Um, More news So um, Matt Damon has, um, you know, he's uh, teaming up with James Mangold for The Force at 20th Century um, Studios and Disney. Uh, So it's um, based on a Don Winslow novel, and the story is around a corrupt NYPD police officer. So, um, yeah, Damon is going to be playing Detective Denny Malone, who runs an elite crime-fighting squad, but becomes ensnared in a corruption scandal. Sir, so, yeah. Um... So I believe Ridley Scott is producing this Um, But yeah That's um, I think that's all we really know Uh, David Mamet Wrote the first script And um, Scott Frank Is um, Adapting it at the moment Uh, Now Fans of The Witcher, you will be pleased to hear that um, you know there's going to be more coming because we've got to wait until I think it's 2022 before season two drops. But um, yeah, they are—they're um, creating an anime um, movie. You know, so this is going to be from Lauren Schmidt, his rich and Bo Mayo and they're working with the animation studio Studio Mir, whose previous work has been Voltron: Legendary Defender. So the the story is the world of the Witcher expands in this anime film that explores a powerful new threat facing the continent. So um, yeah, and um, finally, people, right? So um, Captain Marvel is getting a sequel. I mean, we've we've kind of known, but it's official now. So um, Megan McDonnell is going to be writing the script. She's been um, a staff writer on Wonder Vision. So yeah, she is now going to be um, doing Captain Marvel uh, Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck Who directed the first film They are, um, yeah, they're, they're out of this one um, So Disney are looking for a new director they, um, They've said that they are going to be looking for a female director for this And they're targeting uh, uh, 2022 for the release Um, So the only other thing we know is that this film should be um, set in the present day You know, because the first film was set in the 90s So that was kind of, you know, before... A lot of the other stuff had happened, Nick Fury had two eyes in this, in that film, so uh, yep, this one is, you know, now up to date, so, um, yeah, you know, the first film was decent, so, uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens, but people, that is it for this week, um... Yeah, next week we will have, uh, hmm, I think there's probably at least a couple of films. So yeah We will see you then And remember Check the episode information um, Because you'll be able to find out Where you will be able to go see Anne Frank Parallel Stories Alright people Uh, Yeah thanks for tuning in Share with your peoples Leave a review and all of that And yeah See you next week Peace See no thugs like these I can tell you lots of things that'll make you believe In Corona, it's better to take them to receive